On this first week of our Advent study, I want to take a few minutes today to look at what does it mean to have hope in hard times. Welcome to Hope for the Ruri Christian Woman. I'm so glad you're here. Have you struggled with feelings of anxiety, panic, fear, and despair because life is just too hard? Are you tired of feeling like you're desperately trying to claw your way out of a pit of hopelessness? Do you want a relationship with God that is deep, real, and intimate? Something to give you the hope that you need to keep trusting God? Well, take a deep breath. I got you. If you're struggling to trust God because life is so stinking hard, if you feel like there's no hope, no way out, and no point in even praying about it anymore, if you are weary from the struggle and trying to do all the things and just want something to go right in your life, or at least for it not to get worse, this is the podcast for you. I want you to know that as long as God is on the throne, it's not time to throw in the towel. There is hope and rest for your weary heart, even when everything in your life is going wrong. How do I know that? Because I found it. Hey there, I'm LaToya Edwards, and I'm no stranger to hard times. But after walking through decades of hard times, I was so weary in my soul, and I felt like I was trapped in a pit of despair. I was frustrated, angry, and hopeless, and I was tired of waiting on God. I was overwhelmed, burnt out, and spiritually exhausted. Turns out, that's exactly where I needed to be to hear from God. During a season of forced rest, I learned more about my identity in Christ and how I was created to connect with Him. And then I was able to start my journey that led from a soul full of despair to being able to say, it is well with my soul. And I even learned how to enjoy life and dream again despite the difficult circumstances of my life. And guess what? You can too. You can find the strength you need to keep going even when things continue to get worse. The peace you need in your mind to stop being overwhelmed with negative thoughts and emotions. You don't have to stay weary. If that sounds like something you need, you're in the right place. I can't wait to help you find renewed faith, a peace-filled mind, and restored hope. Let's get to work. And I want us to turn in our Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Now, full disclosure, Isaiah is one of my favorite prophets. He um, prophesied to the nation of Israel, and he is warning them of judgment that is coming because of years and years and years of disobedience. They have worshiped idols. They have just flat out rebelled against God. And God has sent prophets previous to Isaiah to, you know, call them to repentance, to ask them to um, turn away from their sins. And Israel has chosen to remain rebellious and disobedient. And so God sends Isaiah with this message of warning. Not that if we don't get right, that judgment will come, but that for sure, judgment is surely on its way. And so if you've ever studied the book of Isaiah, um, its structure is really simple. The first half is the warning. Um, It's kind of a doom and gloom and, you know, hope is hope is lost kind of an ideal where he is saying, listen, you've disobeyed God. He's tired of it and he's sending judgment on you. And if you look at the second half of Isaiah, it speaks of hope. But as I was studying I really found that even in the messages of um, impending judgment, that there still is hope found in those messages that um, Isaiah gives. And so I want you to grab your Bibles and we are going to look at Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to look at the first half of um, this chapter and I'm going to read and I am reading from the New American Standard Bible. So if my words sound a little bit different from yours, it's probably because of the translation. So verse one, then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight 
in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his eyes hear. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Also, righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness, the belt about his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little boy will lead them. Also, the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Then, in that day, the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. And so this is Isaiah 11, the first 10 verses. And what we see here is a message of hope to the nation of Israel that yes, judgment is coming. Like they're going to be, you know, sentenced to captivity, you know, the temple's going to be destroyed. All of these bad things are going to happen, but it's a promise that all is not lost and that help is on the way. So if you know your Bible history, then you know when you hear the name of Jesse, you know that that's important. That is the name of the father of David. And this matters because we know that in scripture, the Messiah, Jesus, was promised to come through the line of David. And so when Isaiah says that a shoot will spring up from the steam of stem of Jesse, we are to you know recognize that he is talking about the coming Savior, the Messiah. So I love this passage because there's just such a picture of just peace and hope and redemption. You know, Jesus is coming and he's going to right wrongs. He's going to make sure that things are fair and the wolf and the lamb are going to be together and be peaceful. The kids are going to touch, you know, snakes, nests and, and vipers dens and nothing's going to happen to them and there's going to be peace. And The reason there's going to be peace is because everything is going to acknowledge, you know, Jesus Christ. And I love this picture because when we are walking through hard times, it can be so difficult and like darn near impossible to remember that all is not lost. As long as we have Jesus, as long as God is on the throne, we always have hope and, you know, there's no reason to give up. And that is the first message of the Advent season. I love that it starts with hope because it is much needed. And I want to look at definition of the word hope. When we hear hope in the Bible, when we hear any kind of words in the Bible, we want to make sure that we understand exactly what is meant by that. Because remember, the Bible was not written in English. The Old Testament specifically was written in Hebrew. And then what we get in our Bibles today are translations. And so um, words and definitions and meanings don't always like, you know, translate equally. So it's always important to dig into exactly what you're studying and what you're doing. And when we look In the Old Testament, we see that the word hope, um, we see it as a noun and as a verb. And as a noun, hope speaks of something waited for. So it talks about this um, waiting with expectation. As a verb, um, it's to trust in, to wait for salvation with joy and full confidence. And I love the verb here because it reminds us that hope is something that requires action. 
um, right? A verb. It's an action word. It's not something that we are passively doing. Hope is not passive. It's not laying around doing nothing. It requires action. And the action that it requires on our part is trust. And so as we wrap up our time um, today, I want to look at these four pieces and elements of hope, right? We know that hope is about waiting. It is about trust. It is about having a joyful attitude and it is living and walking with confidence. And so let's look at trust. And when we think of trust, um, it really speaks to just relying on strength and ability of a person or a thing. And for the Christian, for us, especially when we're walking through hard times, the thing that we need to learn to rely on is Jesus. In this passage of Isaiah, he is not talking about how the people of Israel themselves are going to make all things right or going to you know, bring justice and fairness and, and cause these things that should not coexist peacefully to do so. No, he is talking about the fact that Jesus is going to come and he is what is going to make all of these great and wonderful things happen. And the same thing goes for you and I. When we think of trust, it's not trusting in ourselves. It's not trusting in other people. It's not looking toward things or whatever it is to make our situation better or to comfort us and guide us and direct us. We need to make sure that our trust, that our um, reliance is fully upon the Lord. The second piece to our definition of hope is waiting. And waiting is not always the most um, enjoyable thing to do in hard times. I definitely get impatient. I get angry. I get frustrated. I want to give up. I fall into despair um, in the waiting because when we are waiting, even though we have this trust in God and we know that he is able, the waiting is hard. It's painful. It's exhausting. It wears us down. And so it's really, really, really difficult. But I think the key here um, when we're looking at hope and how waiting and hope go together is to remember that we don't wait like in vain. We have a promise. We have great expectation that something is coming, that someone is coming to make things right, that good things are happening. And because we have this expectation, our waiting looks, or at least it should look a little bit different. Okay. So if we have the expectation of good things that are coming, um, you know, it makes the wait easier. And we are being active in our waiting. We are looking, we are looking for God, we are looking and listening for his voice, we're looking for the direction he wants us to go, we're looking for ways to serve, we're looking for areas in our life to grow. Um, And this is what helps the waiting not be so stinky, because it is definitely not the easiest thing to do. And then the third piece to hope here is with a joyful attitude. And I love that we see our attitude and our mindsets addressed here when we're thinking about hope, because it's so important when we make up in our minds something that's untrue, that's not grounded in scripture, it just bleeds into every area of our lives. We have to be so careful about that. You know, having a joyful attitude means that you can be glad, you can rejoice, you can praise God, even when things don't look how you think they should look, even if things are getting worse instead of better, right? With that joyful attitude, you still tap into that hope that you have, that 
expectation of good things to come. And that lets you find your strength in the Lord. Um, That's why, you know, in Nehemiah, it says the joy of the Lord is my strength, because that is why we rejoice. That is why we are glad. That is why we are joyful. It's not because we are joyful about what's going on in our lives or joyful about how hard it is. No, we are joyful in the Lord because he's promised to come and make things new. He's promised to come and comfort us and heal us and make us whole again. And that is what we rejoice in. And then the fourth piece to our definition of hope here is confidence. And we talked a little bit about confidence when we were looking at what it means to trust. Confidence and trust go hand in hand, right? When we have confidence, we have full trust in a person or a thing, right? We have full trust, full confidence, full belief that God is faithful, that he's going to do everything that he says that he will do. And all of these together, trust, waiting, a joyful attitude, and confidence, these are all what goes into having hope in hard times. Because I know that life can be so, so hard for so many reasons for all of us in different seasons. And especially around the holidays, it's hard. Um, it's supposed to be this joyous and happy season, right? We are celebrating the, you know, when Jesus came to earth to fulfill the promise made in Genesis to give us a way to get back into right relationship with God. And it is a wonderful, just glorious occasion, but it can often just be so hard on us emotionally because when we look at our lives, our lives don't reflect, you know, how good that is. And so we want to remember that in these hard times, in this season of Advent, as we are waiting, that we want to have hope. We want to remember, like Isaiah said to the children of Israel, yes, things are hard, right? But someone is coming. Someone is coming that's going to right all wrongs, that's going to, you know, get justice and fairness and give peace. And it's going to be glorious. And we are waiting just like Isaiah's audience would have been. We are waiting for the Messiah to come. You know, he's come once and he's done amazing work on the cross. But as his daughters here on earth and this present moment, we are still waiting. We are waiting for him to return, right? To take all of us home. Um, But we are also waiting for him in each of our individual situations and each of our individual circumstances. We're waiting for him to show up and to do what only he can do in our lives. I just want to wrap up with just a quick prayer for us um, as we uh, wrap up this um, just, you know, 10 days, we're going to spend looking at hope. You're going to have some more verses and scripture to dig into in your Bible time that I hope um, are an encouragement to you. So let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for sending your son to earth to die on the cross for all of our sins, because we would truly be lost without that. And I'm so grateful that we have our Bible that we can open up the word and we can look into passages like Isaiah 11 and we can read how, yes, things are hard, that judgment comes and trials come, but there's always hope because Jesus is alive and you love us, Lord. And so help us as we're walking through this study together, as we're walking through our lives and whatever hard things may be happening, help us to remember that truth about that hope, that we don't hope in our situation. We don't hope in other people. We don't hope in ourselves, that we find our hope in your son, Jesus Christ, because he is faithful. You are faithful, Lord. You keep all of your promise. You love us. You want what is the best for us, God. And even when things are hard, you are still with us 
right there in the trenches, in the hurt, in the pain, God. You never leave us alone and you always have a way out. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for this gift of Advent season, of sending your son. And we are so grateful that he is coming again. And we just ask that you help us to hold on to that hope, to stand in just great, hopeful expectation of all that you want to do in our lives during this time together in the study and many, many years after. All these things we ask in your son's name. Amen. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's episode. I pray it inspires you to draw closer to God. If so, would you stop and share this episode with someone that you know that's feeling weary right now? It would also be a huge blessing to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review in your podcast player. This will help women just like you find the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, sometimes life just plain sucks, but God is always there with you. Rest in that truth and find hope for your weary soul.